0: This is the old trailblazer broadcast coming to you once again. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis riding out, as it were, this morning, bringing you God's message like our old pastor used to do as he rode out on old Dan early every morning back there in the, uh, in the forks of the creek or in the bayou, down on the bayou, or there in the little country church, blazing the path to the hearts of men. We want to continue our study this morning that we've been in for several days now on the first letter or the first epistle of Peter. And we're in chapter five, coming to the end of this this gracious letter now, my friend. Uh, written by the Apostle Peter, we want to look at verse five for our beginning place this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to First Peter, chapter five and verse five. Remember, Peter here is speaking primarily to the elders of the church, but he's also speaking to you and me. Don't don't throw it over your shoulder and say, "Oh well, he's speaking to the preachers." No. Uh, In like manner, he says, uh, you younger, you younger folks, submit yourselves unto the elders; Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I believe that Peter here is setting the example that God's man is to follow. The younger men are to give way. Or give the preeminence to the older ministers. They are to respect and to admire uh, those in the Lord that, that have been there for many years. Seeing uh, that long life there in the Lord. How gracious it is uh, how the Lord has molded those men and molded their lives. We see the gray hairs and the chiseled face, as it were, that, weathered, that has weathered many a battle. Isn't that a gracious picture, my friend, of God's man? Yes. Uh, we're to respect them and to honor them in all things. But listen, he tells us to be clothed with humility. Did you hear that, listener, my listener? Clothed with humility. In our day in which you and I live, that's a thing of the past, isn't it? Do you see any humility in the average preacher and teacher that you speak to today no sir i don't i see a generation of young men who know nothing of humility they are proud of their learning they are proud of all their accomplishment they are proud of their large congregations and i see no humility there they give not the, they don't give the lord the credit no All of these so-called televangelists who get on TV, put on some sort of a production, they dress like kings and queens, they tell you quick that their lifestyle commands a large home and uh, all of those things, uh, expensive clothes and two or three chauffeured limousines and all of that finery that goes along in all the trappings of the ministry. I hear of those who have bodyguards even now and chauffeurs to drive them around. Do you see any humility there, my friend? No. Do you think that they are adhering to the Word of God? No, I don't. I believe that they are in the ministry uh, for that easy life. I don't see or hear them agonizing over lost souls. No, many of their many of them are too busy with their TV circuits and uh, their uh, the circle that they go around the country, uh, as they call, preaching revivals and picking up large paychecks. No, or many are in taking up with their healing ministries, where the folks are misled into believing that all of that hoopla and carrying on uh, is in the name of the Lord. But there's no humble, no humility there. We see others who are proud of their degrees from some Bible college. They're Dr. So-and-so, and they're, uh yeah, my friend, yeah, they're sure, they make sure that their congregation calls them doctor. But I know one thing this morning, my friend, I'm not making light of education, no. All oh, that's wonderful. I believe we ought to get all the education we can. But to be proud of who you are in those degrees is abomination before God. I recently received a letter from a man Taking us to task here because we call our broadcast that goes out here Sunday after Sunday, we call our broadcast that goes out over this nation, the voice of truth. and We've been on, this radio, on these radio stations for many, many years with the voice of truth, the old time, old fashioned gospel message going out across this nation, and we call it the voice of truth because we believe it is. And this man wrote and uh, said, since you are the voice of truth. Let me see how much truth you have, uh, how much truth you really know. And uh, I, I just felt the sarcasm dripping from his letter. And then he asked a bunch of questions. Uh, I wanted to take us to task to see if we could answer all of these questions. One of them was, who was Cain's wife? And on and on with those kind of seemingly un, uh, uh, making fun of this work. But I wrote him back. I, letter, I labored over his letter for several days. And I asked the Lord to lead me and to guide me. So I wrote him back. Most of the time, we wouldn't answer that type of letter. And, uh, but I wrote him back, and I said, uh, My friend, we don't argue the Scriptures with anyone. No, we preach God's Word, the Bible. Believe it and be saved, and disbelieve it and spend eternity in hell, which you deny. And then I said unto him, I came up in a poor home, a poor family, raised in the country on a farm. My dad was poor. Everybody else was poor. But my, my dad often said, a fool could ask a question that a smart man couldn't answer. And yes, right, that's right. He, this man had all sorts of DDs and THDs behind his name, and he even said that he had a PhD pending. And I just wrote him in my letter, I said, my friend, I don't have those letters behind my name. No, no, and I don't have any pending. Oh, how proud that man was. Did you see any humility there? I remember a story that the late Dr. Copeland told about a fellow like this. He was always wanting to debate Dr. Copeland, who was uh, a gracious man, a well-educated, learned man. He was uh, in seven who's who's of America, but you'd have never known it by talking to him. But this man was always uh, wanting to debate like they did back there in those early years, and he was popping off about how much he knew about the Bible. So one day, Dr. Copeland kind of got all he could take of it, and in speaking to him, he said simply, I understand, my friend, that you are very knowledgeable about God's Word. And he replied, Oh, yes, yes, I know the Bible from the back to the front. So Dr. Copeland said, Well, let me just ask you a question about uh, a little story there in the Bible. You remember the story about the golden calf there that Aaron and the children of Israel built while Moses was on the mountain uh, taking the law? No, And he said, Oh, sure, sure. Everybody knows that little old story. What you want to know about it? Go ahead and ask me what you want to ask. And the, uh, the, the brother, Dr. Copeland said, Well, in his meticulous sort of a way, slow and deliberate, he said, If you just know so much, if you're that smart, Was that golden calf a bull or a heifer? Now, my friend, you think about that for a moment. Doctor Copeland, this is a true story. He told me this personally. He, this man, went off like an egg-sucking dog. No longer, no longer was he bothered by this man's lack of humility. Listen, friend, when God gives a sinner a new heart, all of that old pride. All of that old self-righteousness, all of that goes by the wayside. There won't be one poor soul in heaven full of pride and self-righteousness. No, he comes to see himself as he is under the brooding work of the Holy Spirit. He comes to abhor himself because he sees that he's a rebel in the sight of God and that he's sinned against God and caused the death of our Lord. Now that takes away all that pride, my friend. That humbles you at the feet of the Lord and God's messenger knows that God hates sin and I believe that pride is one of the sin uh, that he hates the most and, and and that and self-righteousness go hand in hand. It was pride that caused old Lucifer to be cast out of heaven. Old Satan himself. Pride was lifted up in his heart and uh, and then how do you think that God will allow pride in you my friend and in me, preacher? Preacher, are you proud of who you are and what you are? Are you proud of your uh, large congregation with your large auditorium with your stained glass and your tall steeple? Are you proud of all that? The Lord hates those things, my friend. Oh, no, my friend. You know what the Lord's pleased with? A broken and a contrite heart. The Lord is well pleased with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's what my prayer is. Lord, don't let me rise up with pride. Don't let me begin even to think that I know anything or can do anything apart from the grace of God. But, oh, my friend, pride goeth before fall. Yes, do you think the Lord will allow you and I or you and me into heaven and, 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 and if we call ourselves a preacher? Are you proud of what you've accomplished in your ministry? The Bible says that we receive nothing except it be given us from above. Everything that we receive comes from the hand of our Lord. And then you and I can take pride in our own selves, in our own accomplishment, in who we are, how we comb our hair, and how we uh, tie our necktie. No, sir. All we have is because of the grace of God, my friend. I know that, me- that God's messenger, I know that God's man is the apple of God's eye. I know that. God's messenger, true messenger, holds a special place in the heart of our Lord. But, my friend, pride is not a part of a true messenger of God. Oh, you and I as the children of God, examples we're examples to those around us, and I don't believe that we sh- I believe that we should be mighty careful how we walk and how we talk and how we set forth Christ in our lives, by, by our holy conversation and our daily walk before the Lord. You and I, believer, we, 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 uh, we may be the only opportunity some folks ever have of hearing the gospel. Did you ever think about that in your daily life, in your daily walk, believer, a child of God? Did you know that you may be the only means of some poor soul ever hearing the gospel? Now you may be in a in the grocery store and have a chance to speak to some little checkout girl or checkout man that's waiting on you. Could you say a kind word to them that they might see, uh, you know, that person was kind and gentle? No, instead of all that snatching and grabbing and uh, having an ugly face and a frown on, my friend, we just don't know where God's elect are. We do it? No, we don't know where they are. But would we just would? Would we just be careful to let our light shine, if we have any light, that we might let it shine, that that someone might see Christ lifted up in our hearts. I believe we need to be mighty mighty careful. As I said, we only some folks only have an opportunity to hear the gospel through our lives. Yeah, they, our lives may be the only sermon they ever hear. And then to see these preachers always laughing and telling jokes and dressed to a tee and all of those things, carrying on with folks and don't represent the Lord? No, my friend, no. I just I don't know how careful we should be preachers if you're called to the Lord you must be you must represent him in your walk as well as in your talk and in your uh uh, and in a hardness of your heart can you do that? Oh, our Lord hates pride and pride, my friend. We all, uh, he'll not bless for their sin. The Lord won't bless for their sin. No, and pride is sin. Oh, we just sing that song, Oh, to be like him. We sing that here in our choir often. Oh, to be like him. Could that be your prayer this morning, my friend? Uh, You out there in Radio Land, you who know the Lord, would you just, may that be the prayer of your heart today? Just hide that in your heart for this morning. Take it with you. Do I? during the day oh to be like him did you know that when we awake in heaven we'll be like our lord one day we'll be like him right now we're to we're to resist the devil we're to flee from him and and to uh be be on our guard against the wiles of the devil but one day we'll be free from his old uh attacks his old uh, fiery darts that that come into our lives. But until then, my friend, uh, my pastor friend especially, would you just make sure that you walking in the will of God? Would, could I just ask you that this morning? Are you walking in God's will? Or are you walking in your own will after the lust and pleasures of this life and calling yourself a minister of God? Oh, my friend, I'd be mighty careful how I talk about those things if I wasn't called to the Lord. And this is the old Trailblazer broadcast coming to a close this morning again. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis reminding you that we're here each morning, Monday through Friday at this same time. And our, our mailing address is Radio Missions, Post Office Box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you. The Radio Bible and Book Room is a non ministry of the First Baptist Church of Algiers in connection with Radio Missions. We offer over 1,500 titles of early Puritan, Baptist, and Reformed works, including commentaries, sermons, devotionals, gifts, children's products, and a variety of King James Study Bibles in regular, large, and giant print. For an online catalog and information about the Radio Bible and Book Room, visit our website at radiomissions.org you <laughs>